All right, guys, we're in for a treat this morning. Our speaker this morning, I want to introduce him, but uh, he's a young man. Um, he's a good friend of mine. His uh, claim to fame is uh, he's one of Pastor David Christian's son-in-laws. He's married to his Pastor David's oldest daughter, Anna, and they've got three kids. They've uh, got a daughter, Evelyn, and then Judah, and then Juliana, and uh, he's just a great dad. Um, Daniel is originally from the state of Washington, so don't hold that against him. Um, he's also a graduate of Rama Bible Training Institute uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that's where he met his wife is when he went to school down there and in Tulsa. But he's got a great word for us this morning, so would you please give him a warm welcome as he comes this morning. Thanks, Tom. Give him heaven. Whoops. Thank you, my friend. Well, that was a nice introduction. Um, all that's nice, but ultimately I'm just, I'm just like you. I love Jesus, and uh, I'm not perfect by any means. But, uh, you know, before I get started, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Tom for the opportunity to share this morning. Um, he's, a, he's a dear friend of mine, uh, you know, a spiritual father in my life, and uh, I just want to honor you, Pastor Tom, and thank you for, for all the things that you've imparted to me. Can we just give it a, a second and just give it up for Pastor Tom? You can do better than that. Come on. Yes. He's a man of God, and I appreciate him. Well, I count it an honor to be up here to share what God has placed in my heart with you all this morning. Um, this morning, I want to share on the, on, the, on the subject of sexual sin. I feel like people just perked up right there like, you know, and uh, I'm going to be more specific on this because we might have like different connotations, but specifically what I'm talking about is lust, uh, sex outside of marriage, pornography, these, these kinds of things. Um, you know, I don't feel like I have to spend so much time this morning to tell you about the dangers of it, about how how much of it is out there, how much of it we it can come across our, our lives. Um, I mean, you, you just Google it, and the, the statistics are just staggering. It's crazy. Um, but I do want to say this, that sexual sin has the potential. That's a big word right there. It has the potential. Uh, it, it doesn't mean it will, but it has the potential to pull families apart, to cut down ministries, to destroy marriages, relationships, careers, and the list goes on and on and on. Now this morning, uh, the goal up here is not to bring condemnation in on anybody. How many of you guys know there's a difference between condemnation and conviction? The devil brings condemnation where he tells you that you're no good, there's no hope, but the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts you with the purpose of turning your heart back to God with the purpose of, of repenting and changing your mind. So, so the goal here is not to embarrass anybody. Um, you know, most, I don't know most of you, so I couldn't know uh, exactly what's, what's going on. All I know is that this is what God has put on my heart to share, so I want to be obedient to that. But I just want to put that out there because there's this tendency when you hear that to feel embarrassed for other people or to feel embarrassed uh, or, or whatever, or, or, or the enemy will just use that to bring condemnation and shame. But listen, we're going to teach the word this morning. And the word of God brings hope. The word of God brings life. The word of God brings what the devil cannot bring. And so it brings victory. And so my, my goal this morning 
is that we'll walk out of, 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 this, of this meeting this morning full of hope and, and really specifically a fresh perspective on this area. Because it's a powerful thing when you can change your mind about something and see it God's way. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare, somebody say warfare. warfare. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. This morning I want to remind a lot of you and I want to just announce to you guys that we are in a spiritual warfare. We are in a spiritual battle. And, and, and when, I, when I say this, you know, this idea of warfare, I don't mean it so that it consumes your mind and, and that's all you think about. It's like, oh, we're in a battle. We're in a war. How many of you guys know that guy? We're in, we're in a spiritual war, my brother. You know, and you, you consume your mind with that and then you end up actually living out of a panic and out of fear. You know, so that's not, that's not really what that is. That's not the purpose of knowing that. But on the flip side, uh, 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So you have to know that there is a spiritual warfare happening, but there's a balance to it. You can't forget about it because if you just forget that and, you, 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 you know, we become just... Uh, focused on what's happening here on earth and life and, and work and, you know, and your family, and you just kind of get so focused on that that you forget that there's actual spiritual warfare taking place. And so you can't be ignorant. You cannot be ignorant. And when I speak of warfare, um, there are at least two sides in, in warfare, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not speaking from experience. I don't have any experience in it, but, you know, I learned a lot by watching movies. I learned a lot by... Uh, uh, just research, honestly. But uh, there's at least two sides in warfare. And what I do know is that each side has a plan with an objective in mind. Warfare isn't just about killing each other and everybody's dead and we're all good. You know, we just had some war. But strategic warfare, which is what's happening in the spiritual, there are, there's an objective in mind. We're trying to do something specific. The enemy has a specific objective, and he goes about it with specific plans. And here's the objective of the enemy. It is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And his plans, listen to this, his plans include pushing you away from God by replacing real and godly things with twisted counterfeits, and he offers it to you through temptations and thoughts. I'm going to say that one more time. His objective is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his M.O., John 10.10. 10. That's what he's all about. Nothing else, nothing less. And his plans include pushing you away from God by replacing real and godly things and twisting counterfeits, and, and he offers it to you through temptation and thoughts. Now, this is concerning specifically sexual sin. And our objective as a believer, you would think, is to, is to, is to completely... You know, kill off the devil. That's what I mean. That's what I would think, especially concerning this area. But but the truth is that that's not our objective, to just go and you know obliterate Satan and cancel every single temptation that he has for us. That's just not the way it, it, it happens concerning this area. In fact, it's written that that that's what Jesus will do after the millennial reign. He'll lock Satan up for good. But until then, he's out and about. And until then, while we are on this earth and while we are in this body, we're going to have to deal with things like this. And so what is our objective and what is, what is our plan? It is to overcome. It is to overcome. Can I tell you this morning that it is possible to overcome in this area? 
You know, I know that sometimes, you know, we might feel overwhelmed by by different things or the way you were raised or what was exposed to you, that you might feel like there's no hope and it's been so long. But listen, God wants to tell you, and this is the truth, that you can overcome in this area. And so that's our objective is to overcome and not only to just overcome but retain the victory, to, to continue to walk in victory. Now, what does this mean? It means we cannot remove sexual temptations completely, but we can come to a point where we are above it and not the other way around, a place where it doesn't turn our hearts from God. So this morning, I want to share with you two things, two things that I believe will help you overcome and help you retain the victory in this area. But let me say this before I give you the two things. In war, there are things that you do to attack, and there are things that you do to protect and to guard. I believe in warfare, and it's true in sports, too. I love sports. You see, you're watching sports. You know, you have an offensive game, and you have a defensive game. It's not enough just to have a strong offense and a very weak defense because it's going to be a high-scoring game, but you're probably going to lose. And in war, even more so. I mean, you have plans and strategic you have things that you are going to advance and do that is on the offense. It's an attack. It is you going forward. But at the same time, you have to be ready to be on your guard. At the same time, you have to be ready to protect. You have to have a strong defense as well. So here is what I believe is the number one offense concerning sexual sin and sexual temptation. Number one offense in dealing with this is a strong relationship with God. A strong, notice that adjective there, a strong relationship with God. What do I mean by that? I mean that there is a continual conversation with God. There is an intimacy with the Heavenly Father. Uh, That you're not just uh, satisfied with coming to church and having Jesus in your life. That's a relationship with God, and that's an amazing, you know, to have Jesus in your heart. But, but if you're going to be strong against this in warfare, you have to have a strong relationship with the Father. You have to know who you're speaking with, and you have to know his voice. And it is very, very possible for that to happen. That is what God's plan is for your life. Uh, the Bible tells us about Joseph. Joseph, uh, he gets thrown in the pit by his brothers. He gets sold by Midianite traders. He's purchased by Potiphar. And while he's there in Potiphar's house, the Bible says that God gives him favor. And Potiphar hands over all administrative responsibility to Joseph. In Genesis 39, uh, verse 6, it says this. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Some of you guys are like, that's my problem right there. I'm just too handsome in form of appearance. You know, I, just, I can't get away from it. But I think it's awesome that the Bible says this because uh, Joseph wasn't an ugly dude. You know, and some of you guys know where I'm going already. But it sets up the story by saying Joseph was handsome and form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, so this is Potiphar's wife, cast longing eyes on Joseph. Remember that? And she said, lie with me. In other words, let's, let's do the do. Let's have sex. That's what it says. 
But he refused, and he said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all these uh, to my hands. There's no greater there's no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from you, from, from me but you, because you are his wife. Now listen to this statement that Joseph makes. He says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Listen to verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. Listen, the devil's consistent. Just because you, 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 you push something off one time doesn't mean that you're good for, for the rest of the month. Let's say that. Because he's consistent. Day by day, he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. And it happened about this time when Joseph went to the house to do his work. None of the men of the house were inside. There's a problem right there. He's the only one. That she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and he fled and ran outside. The Bible talks about fleeing from sexual morality. Listen, the reason that Joseph was able to run was because his offense was strong. That's why he was able to run. We, we, we hear this story and we think, man, if somebody grabs me, I'm going to run. But you can't run unless you first say, and first, the first thing that is in your heart is what Joseph said. He said, how can I do this against God? That is, that is the strong offense. How, 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 how can I do this great wickedness against my God? Joseph was devoted to God. He had the fear of the Lord inside of him. Now, when you are pursuing God, when there's a strong relationship with your heavenly Father, there are things that are going to flow out of your life as a result. Okay, because I know I say this, I say the strongest offense for you is a strong relationship with God. And I know some of you guys are looking for specifics. Well, what do I do? Well, what does that mean? How do I specifically do this? But listen, this is the number one. Number one has to be number one. Because out of number one is going to flow the weapons of our warfare. Out of the number one are going to flow things, the plan, the actual how-to in, in terms of overcoming this. And I'm just going to give you a couple this morning. Uh, that's going to flow out of a strong relationship with God. Now, one, one of the biggest things is, that, is this. Intimacy with your spouse is going to flow out of a strong relationship with God. Intimacy with your spouse. How is that? That's, that's agape love. The Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by, by the Holy Spirit. And when you are in tune with that love, when you are in tune with unconditional selfless love, it's going to direct you to real, genuine intimacy with your wife. I heard this a long time ago, and I believe it's so true. The devil does everything he can to get you to have sex before you're married, and then he does everything he can to get you to stop having sex with your wife after you're married. But when you have a strong relationship with the Father, I don't, I want, I don't know how many times where I've had a quiet time with God. You know, and I feel like things are fine. How many of you guys feel like there are some, some times where you feel like everything's great, but really it's not that great in your marriage? And so, yeah, I have, I've, I've had so many times where I'm, I'm having some quiet time with God, and God just humbles my heart, and he just pours his presence on me, and he just, he just gives me this perspective that I didn't even have. And out of that, it's amazing to me how much it draws me to my wife. 
And it, it, it brings this awesome, like, I'm more gentle, I'm more understanding, I'm more, uh, there's some more humility flowing. Why? Because all of that, you can't have real genuine intimacy with your wife until you are in intimacy with the Father. It's a strong relationship. Here's another thing that happens uh, out of, as a result that flows out of it is that uh, it leads you to the Word. God will always lead you to His Word. Him, God, the Spirit... God the Father will never contradict his word. Psalms 119.9, it gives it to us very clearly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding his way according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up what? Your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It leads you to the word. One of the biggest tools in overcoming this is biblical meditation. What I mean by that is not just thinking about scripture, but I mean literally uttering the word. The only offensive weapon in, the, in Ephesians 6 when it talks about the armor of God is the sword of the spirit. The sword, which is the word of God. You, you want to know what is powerful in this time is when you, when you speak the word. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live in faith in the Son of God who died for me and gave himself for me. Amen. No temptation has overtaken man such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will give you a way of escape so that you may be able to bear it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You begin to, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You begin to, there's a, there's God, out of the strong relationship, you're going to have a strong relationship with the Word. Because that's who God is. That's who God points to. Another thing that flows out of a strong relationship is wisdom and understanding. You can't have wisdom without God. A lot of people think that, oh, I'm older now, so I have wisdom. That's not true. You have experience. The experience might be good, it might be bad. But wisdom, the Bible says in Proverbs, that it only comes from God. And so listen to Proverbs 6.23. It says, whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who, does, who, he who does so destroys his own soul. And so you, to get wisdom and understanding, you first have to have that number one offense established. Or at least in its way, on its way. You're never going to be perfect and ready for everything, but you have that strong relationship. You might not know exactly what and why, but when you know who, you can do some powerful things. So sexual sin happens when your heart is turned from God and it is toward, pointed to something or someone else. So in this warfare, your number one offense is a strong relationship with God. But listen, just like in warfare, just like in sports, you can't just focus on the offense. Because here's what happens. Is you have a strong offense and you're loving Jesus and you're walking and you're minding your business. And bam, woman with yoga pants walks right in front of you. Am I lying or what? Come on. So you have to have a strong offense and a strong defense. Offense is always action. It's pursuit. It's you pursuing the heart of God. But in defense, it's more protection and guarding. And so the number one defense is guarding your eyes. When it comes to sexual sin, the number one defense is guarding your eyes. 
before the act of adultery, the act, before the act of adultery happens, it happens in your heart first. Before it happens in your heart, it happens in your eyes. Listen to the progression here. Matthew 5, 28. But I say to you, whoever looks, this is Jesus talking, Matthew 5, 28. Whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It happens in your eyes first. 2 Samuel eleven two, David and Bathsheba. It happened one evening that David arose from his bed and he walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he what? He saw a woman bathing. And then he's like, oh, she's fine. Come bring her to me and we're going to have a baby. We're going to be married. It doesn't matter everything else. He saw. I, my question is this. Like how long was he watching? Too long, that's the answer. Because, come on, let's face it, there's some times where you're walking and, and something happens. That is where, where, where the defense comes in because it's not offense. If, 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 if your eyes and guarding your eyes is offense, what happens is you become too conscious of that and you're just kind of in this panic mode like, oh, I can't, oh, I can't look at that, oh, I can't look at that. And that's, that's what's at the forefront of your mind. And that's not, that's not, that's not peace. That's not victory. But what, when something comes in front of you, whether it's physical or whether it's uh, something on TV or whatever, you have, to, you have to change and you have to recognize this is my defense kicking in right now. In the Old Testament, the Bible talks about how tribes and nations uh, would protect themselves. They would, uh, the, their cities would be protected by, by fortified walls around their city. So that they would not be attacked or invaded by the enemy. And to get into the city, there are gates. There's gates at the entrance of the city. And so the enemy would not focus so much on the wall, but he would, the enemy would come in through the gate. The enemy would attack the gate. And so if you're, if you're wise, if, if, you're, if you're strong, you're going to have some strong gates and you're going to have some people who are at the gate guarding the gate from the enemy. If your gates are weak, then your city is vulnerable. If your gates aren't strong and guarded, then the enemy can come in, break through the gates, and have his way. And I want to suggest to you this morning that your eyes are the gate. That the enemy will first attack and invade when it comes to sexual sin. And so if you have weak eyes, then you're vulnerable because that's the first thing the enemy is going to hit. It comes to your eyes first because if you can see it, then you can imagine it. And if you can imagine it, then it's going to drop down in your heart and you begin to, to entertain that temptation. So how do, we, how do we strengthen the eye gates? Well, you set high standards for your eyes. You practice it. You, you look away when you need to. You, bring, you have accountability. You raise the standard. Listen to what Job said in Job 31. Job is being accused of, of sinning, and he's being, you know, uh, talking about how you probably did something bad. But Job was actually, didn't do anything bad in his actions. He was just bad in his heart. But Job 31.1 says this. He says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. 
Why then should I look upon a young woman? I have made a pact. I have even more than that. I have made a covenant with God with my eyes. I have raised the bar. I have raised the standard. This isn't, this isn't something light. This isn't something that I can just do and everything's fine. This is serious. This is my first line of defense. If my first line of defense goes down, then I'm vulnerable. So because I've made a covenant with God in this area, why would I even look? Why would I even go there? I would also like to submit to you that your eyes don't only lust after the physical, but also through emotional connections. Because, you know, we think about lust and we think about, you know, sexual sin and you kind of picture this like ravenous guy like, oh, you know, she's hot and she's hot. And, and, and sometimes, you know, that happens where your flesh and your, you know, you're, you're physically attracted and you have to guard that. But I want to, I also want to say this, that, that not all adultery starts off by a physical connection and because you think someone's attractive. But adultery can also start off by an emotional connection but it also comes back to the eyes because how does that happen well you begin to notice somebody you begin to pay attention to someone and you begin to gaze and you begin to study and you begin to see how she responds and how she interacts and the eyes have been attacked and then eventually Something happens in your heart and your emotions. It's your eyes. So we can't allow our eyes to gaze because why? It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And that's really the, the, what I want to say about your eyes is that, you know, you can't, you can't just let it go as if it's just, oh, it's no big deal. I'm not doing anything. I'm not touching anybody. I'm not, you know. No, 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 no. There's, there's something happening there already. The enemy's invading when he hits your eyes like that. And so the, the number one offense is a strong relationship with your father. The number one defense is to have strong gates, is to, to, to make sure that your eyes are fixed on Jesus, the author and the consumer of your faith, the finisher of your faith. With God, all things are possible. Somebody say amen. With God, all things are possible, and we can't do this. We can't have this strong offense and the strong defense by just you merely trying really hard. I mean, you need God's grace. You know, this isn't, this isn't a warfare that you can do in the natural. Uh, again, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. And I want to tell you that God loves you and he's created you and you've designed, you've been, you've been designed and created to reign in life and to overcome and to retain the victory. I want to pray with you this morning. Would you just bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for this awesome time. Thank you for your word. And specifically, Jesus, we thank you, God, for, for speaking to us this morning concerning this subject. That we can talk about this. We can have a conversation about this and know that, that you are okay with us bringing things to you, that you're not embarrassed about it, that you're not ignorant about it, but you know exactly what we need. And Jesus, this morning, my prayer is that you would give us the heart of David, that we would 
be so devoted to you, Lord. Lord, give us revelation. Father, I pray that you would give us a strong desire in our hearts, Lord. And as we feed our spirits, Lord, that it would only get stronger. That we would be pointed to your word. That we would be uh, given wisdom from you, Lord. I pray for a spirit of wisdom over the men this morning. To be wise leaders, to be wise husbands, to be wise fathers. I thank you for a spirit of understanding. We thank you that there's no ignorance here. I thank you, Jesus, that, that as we seek you, we will find you. And Father, I thank you for a strong defense in us, Lord. That we wouldn't become religious over guarding our eyes, but we would just become wise with guarding our eyes. I thank you for strong gates in this room. I thank you, Jesus, for your grace because, Lord, we cannot do anything without you. We need you. Our families need you. I thank you for uh, the blessings over our families, over the generations to come. And we declare that the enemy cannot do what he wants to do against us. We cancel every plan against the enemy. And we declare that no weapon formed against us can prosper. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for an awesome day today. In Jesus' name.